there is so much we could share today. And I'll try to touch upon several things. In the first place, when you look at the, the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, what we see is how the church grew. Jesus rose from the dead. Christ is risen. They know they receive the power from on high, from the Holy Spirit, and they go out. They go out. They go out with courage, with strength, because they want everyone to know that in Jesus we have life. We have new life. In Jesus we have forgiveness. In Jesus we have the promise of glory. That which the Father promised the, through the Old Testament prophets. So they're excited. They're excited because they want to share the good news because they have witnessed Christ risen from the dead. Christ who was there with them for 40 days. They have seen him. They have seen him. They also have seen him ascend to heaven. And then the Lord asked them, wait, pray for nine days. That first novena, pray for nine days so that you may receive the grace from the from the from heaven from the power from the high from from God from through the Holy Spirit from on high, and so this is what they do, and so they are going out and as we as we witness them, you know the setting aside of Barnabas and Paul and Paul's conversion and and the preaching and and things that were happening, and today as we hear Saint Paul going to to a place known as Antioch in Pisidia. And what does he say? He summarizes the revelation from the Old Testament to the New. Old Testament, how God promises and how he fulfills his promises. But God raised him from the dead and for many days he appeared to those who, who had come up with him from Galilee to the Jerusalem. Because why? They wanted to give the witness because we ourselves are proclaiming this good news to you that what God promised our fathers, he has brought to fulfillment for us, their children. And so by raising up Jesus, as it is written in a second Psalm, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. So we have the promise fulfilled. And we today, from that first reading, we hear the reference to the Psalm and then the responsorial Psalm is precisely Psalm number two, this day. You are my son, this day I have begotten you, the son of God, the reference to the incarnation of the son of God, the reference to the very foundation of who we are as Christians. God became one of us so we can become God, God-like, the great mystery. The early church would always refer to that. God became man so that man may become God. This day I have begotten you. This day I have given you. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. The Lord says, the Father says of me to me, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for an inheritance and the ends of the earth for your, for your own possession. You shall rule them with an iron rod, you shall shatter them on earth like earthen dish. The power, the reference here is to the power of God himself working on our behalf. But it's the power of God through the Son, Jesus, who became one of us and became a servant. He became a servant. He served us, and he's still serving us today. Do, you, do we realize that? 
that God is a servant to us, God who serves us, God who does not even consider himself to be like us, but he wants to become even more a servant. We look at Our Lady, she's our servant too. She comes and serves. She wants to bring the good news, an invitation. This is something that is somehow is hard for us sometimes to grasp, that God who has come because he wants to serve us, he took upon himself the cross so that we will not experience the consequences of our own sin. Took upon himself and said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That's the mystery. And so today, in our gospel, we hear very interesting words by Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why were they troubled? Because this is the last day, supper, and the Lord says that Son of Man will not be with them anymore. The anticipation of the passion and suffering and death. But Jesus says to them, consoles them, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, also have faith in me, inviting them. Because why? Because in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. And I want to tell you that I am preparing a place for you, preparing a place for you. Mansions used to be called mansions, where you know the place where you remain, where you stay. The place is not a mansion, like a, but it should be a mansion because it could be a, a something that goes beyond our belief. Ma mansion for us, something special. Heavenly mansion in this case would be extraordinary. But this is what the Lord says to us. I will prepare a place for you. Have faith in me. Have faith. You have the faith in the Father. Have fa also faith in me. But then we see also something that if, if it wasn't for Philip, we possibly would not know the, how the Lord defined, you know where I'm going. And Philip says, I don't know where you're going. We don't know where you're going. And so this invitation, these words of Philip, the Lord defines for us where and how to get there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Sister Lucia, one of the visionaries who uh, lived almost to the age of 90-some, she wrote a real reflection, and it's kind of interesting. She says, in this identification of our life with the life of Christ, victim of expiation for our sins, this provides for us the basis for our confidence that he is the way. He's not just any way, he's the way. It is through him, not that he gives us instructions, go and go into a Google map and you find a way to Jerusalem or so, or perhaps that some other place. No, he is the way, he is the way. In him, we have life. In him, we have truth. So the many people throughout the history of the church kind of said, okay, well, perhaps the way for us is the in imitation of him, the book of imitation of Christ. Imitation, that means we follow what he does, how he speaks to the Father. We have the, uh, the prayer of our Father. We know how he prayed and he wants us to pray. 
in imitation of him, we see how he dealt with people who were his enemies and those who were broken by sin. We know how he dealt with people who were afflicted with all kinds of diseases. We know how he cared for, for the people because they didn't have enough food. So he is the way. We know by imitating him, we know the way. By turning to the Father the way he did in that communion, calling God Father, we know how to turn to God the Father and, and have this filial relationship with him, like children trusting in God. And this is what, uh, what uh, Sister Lucia was saying to us. He says, he says, this great sentiment of Jesus, which we are called upon to imitate, include the total dependence on, on the Father and his utter submission to the Father's will, so much so that he could assure us that his own word was the word of his Father, begotten eternally of the Father. The word, Jesus received everything from God the Father rightly then, can he assure us that everything he has said to us was said to him by his Father and that everything he has communicated to us has come from the Father. All we have to do is to follow this word of life with faith, to follow it with faith and also with the simplicity of a child which aware of its own helplessness abandons itself in the arms of the Father, where it can rest and sleep securely because the child knows that there's safety, security in the embrace of the father, embrace of the mother, safety and security, and this is what we are to do. So, so she says to us, continues, she says, uh, it knows its father's heart and trust in his love for so, and so runs to meet him, confessing its fault if there's difficulties, confident of his forgiveness and with the same confidence as before throws itself into his arms. So let's not wander from this way, nor tear ourselves away from his fatherly arms, but let us remain rooted in him. These are words of Sister Lucia, and she would know. She wanted to, to imitate Jesus because she wanted to follow the guidelines of the, of the mother itself, the mother of God says, follow him, be faithful to him, pray. And this is the message today of, of the, of the St. Faustina, I'm sorry, Saint, uh, the, the, for the feast of uh, Fatima. We have the special words that Our Lady gave to the children, also the, the, you know, the, the angel that prepared them for that reception of Our Lady. What did Our Lady wish from the children? What did she wish to communicate to us? Pray, pray, pray. Pray the rosary, do penance. This world today, and at that time too, is running away from God. Secularism is removing God from the hearts of the people at a faster rate than ever in history. And then she also says, make sacrifices for sinners because many people, many souls go to hell because no one is willing to help them. I think the most difficult thing for us today, we don't have the courage to kind of speak to each other. Look what advertising industry does. 
they're telling you everything. Use this, use that. And even though at the end of the commercial, they say, if you do this, you're gonna experience this and that and this and that. And this is spoken so quickly. They're all listed, all the side effects are there. And yet they, they want to tell you that this is so good for you. You'll be happy, you'll be doing this. Advertising industry has the courage. People who are, you know, moving and pushing for, for all kinds of other things, including pro-choice people. Look, they are pounding and speaking loud and clear and threatening and doing this. And, uh, and, and of course, we don't have this same desire. We don't want to use evil means to, means to attain good. So we don't want to threaten. We don't want to do anything because it is. But nonetheless, to invite to a life of glory, is that something bad? <laughs> I want you to be happy forever. <laughs> I want you to be happy not only on this earth. Wouldn't that be the motivation in our hearts to say, we want to shout it, I've got the way that you'll be so happy. I know what it takes. I know it, it's where it takes us and who is the one who's able to help us. He has, in, you know, we don't just have a musk with millions, billions. We have God with infinite, you know, amount of resources. Uh, and this is this is what we have, you know. Father Seraphim used to say, "God has no limits to his resources. He's got big pockets. <laughs> Everything is there for us." And so, so this is what we need. We need hope. We need hope, a cheerful hope. We need to have a hope that kind of goes beyond that. We gives us courage because it's something good. Why am I not able to say to my niece or my nephew, you're on the wrong path. Perhaps we're afraid that maybe they'll say, okay, uncle, just get out of my way. I don't want to have you ever in my life. Who knows, but nonetheless, charity, love, but whatever truth we speak, it has to be done always with love. You know, how many times I would say to a mother who Sometimes mother complained, what am I supposed to do with my children? What am I supposed to do? I said, just say something like this. Look, I'm your mother. I can't help to be a mother. I can't help to tell you what something is good and something is bad. Forgive me for being a mother. You One day you have to do the same thing for your children. You know, forgive me if I'm nagging you. But I, I know what's good. I know where the good is. And this type of conviction, which comes from love, because it's rooted in love, gives us strength to proclaim this message of Fatima, this message of truth, which the disciples speak, the message of Jesus himself, who tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what it is. I'm very happy to have people here who are watching, all of you who are here perhaps, or those who are watching and will be participating in that conference, Healthcare Professionals for Divine Mercy. There's no the 17th annual Divine Mercy Conference, as, uh, which is called the Medicine, Spirituality, and the Message of God's Mercy. I'm very happy because uh, normally we would be doing it in a space, it's often either in Cleveland or Worcester, uh, which we used to have for a number of years, sometimes in other places. 
but primarily there. And those special days were very special because you have conferences, we had confessions, we have spiritual direction, we would load up with everything, with, you know, prayer, mass, so, you know, prayer, the chaplet, and so we had it. But last year and this year, we're doing it through virtual conference. So perhaps this is the last year we'll be doing it through virtual conference, but maybe in the future we'll have the actual plus the virtual. But right now this is virtual and yet we incorporate with this mass. So I'm first of all, I'm very happy for all of you who are participating in it, doctors and nurses and allied health. And I know I always got excited over this conference and you know why? Because as Marians, we wanted to make sure that people who are in medical field are able to integrate their faith into life in such a way where they are the ones who who are witnesses, who are, who have the power to proclaim. They are not pastoral care workers, but nonetheless elements of pastoral care for the people. Many people do not go to church, but many people end up in hospitals. And they're not always ready to open their hearts to God. The Joint Commission, which is a secular commission, says that because for the sake or for the good of the people who are in need of whatever healing, they say it is good for them to have spiritual care because they heal better. They're not, they're secular. They're not really interested in promoting Christianity or any other form of religion, but they know it works. And so, so it is this invitation preparing healthcare people. And this is why our conferences are so powerful is because we integrate for them, for all of you who are there, we integrate both the, the medical science with, with the biomedical ethics and, and, and medical ethics as well as spirituality one and help those who care for people, who love people, who sacrifice themselves. And we know how many people were sacrificed, uh, healthcare people have sacrificed themselves during this pandemic. How many died? How many before, before vaccinations, before everything else that we had, they were willing to offer their lives for others. I mean, this is incredible. And, and so these are the people also, we wish them to be empowered how to take care on a spiritual level as well. And they're, and they're willing to say yes. They're willing to say yes. And they want to do many things. Many of those who are speakers from the medical profession, they already are witnesses. They already, are, they love the Lord. They want to do everything for their patients. And so we wish to kind of help and encourage them and strengthen them because by integrating all the dimensions, medical, medical uh, science with, with spirituality and, and ethics, it, it really empowers them to be witnesses of Christ, to be ministers in many ways because they can say, invite people, would you wish, you know, would you wish to pray, especially when they see people who are anxious or fearful or worried because, you know, people, when they're sick, they don't know what's going on. They have no hope, often worried about things. And so it's not just, you know, I can do this for you. I can't do go beyond. You know, sometimes you may not, the medical people cannot go beyond. They cannot create, you know, make miracles, you know, but nonetheless, they can offer them something which will bring forth profound consolation and hope into the lives of those who are sick. So this is what we wish to do through these conferences. 
And, and finally, just about Our Lady today, just briefly, you know, there are seven powerful prayers that Our Lady revealed, either through the angels, the two prayers for the angel, and they're powerful prayers, and they've become part and parcel of who we are. One of them everybody knows, especially if you pray the rosary. And that's very simple. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the powers of hell. Lead all those to heaven, all those people who I need. Okay, we have that. We have the other one. May God, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love. And I ask pardon for for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love. Simple prayers that come from Our Lady. I, oh, Jesus, it is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. My Jesus, yes, forgive us our sins. O oh, oh most holy Trinity, I adore you. My God, my God, I love you in the most blessed sacrament. Sweet Heart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world. That prayer is not exactly known, but it's a brief prayer, and especially so important today. As you know, the message of Fatima, as John Paul II said, is valid for today. Yes, there was a consecration of the world made by Pius XII in 1942. There was a consecration made by John Paul II in 1984. Uh, which included all the countries of the Soviet Union because Russia was included, but others were there. And we know that five years later, the disbanding of the Soviet Union on December 8th. We also know the consecration was made uh, this year. Uh, powerful, powerful consecration made by the Holy Father. And we had so many bishops, both from one end of the spectrum to the other, were invited to, to consecrate, and we have done that. We know that there will be a good that will come. We do not know how quickly, but every consecration brings forth great grace. But today, uh, the bishops of our country are inviting us to pray, to pray, and, and they gave us a couple intentions not only to do fasting and prayer, but this is the intentions. Pray for our nation, for the integrity of our judicial system, and that all branches of the government be dedicated to seeking the common good and protecting the dignity and rights of the human person from conception to natural death. Pray for overturning of the Roe versus Wade. Pray for conversion of the hearts of minds of those who advocate abortion. Pray for a new commitment to building an America where children are welcomed, cherished, and cared for, where mothers and fathers are encouraged and strengthened, and where marriage and family are recognized and supported by true foundations of a healthy and flourishing society. And finally, that our Blessed Mother's intercession and guidance as the Church continues to walk with mothers and families in need and continue to promote alternatives to abortion and seeks to create a culture of life.
May those intentions be with us today throughout this Mass, through this Mass. Intention also for, for the healthcare people who are participating in this Eucharist. And for the next few days, we have powerful speakers, including today, Speaker Bishop McManus will speak on, on, in a special way on the Eucharist. And, and, and Eucharist as the very foundation that element that integrates our whole heart, mind, knowledge, life, way of life. So if I, I just kind of invite people to listen. Perhaps, you know, you may be able to subsequently partake, even if you're not registered right now, because we usually have those talks uh, available later on, uh, on on our website. May the Lord then through this Eucharist empower us to be children of God, to be Christ's representatives, to be Christ's missionaries, that we may proclaim that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that in him we have the fulfillment of all our wishes, desires in this life and a life to come. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.